Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving Olive in June. Olive in June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Welcome to another episode of But Am I Wrong? Woo! Welcome to But Am I Wrong, a podcast where we, Megan and Melissa, two people who are hot, funny, smart, sexy, also happen to never be wrong. These are facts. And it's the burden that we carry uh-huh. every single day. It's the cross that I bear. So on this podcast, we have three different segments. We will get into all of them right before like each one and explain them to you. But what you need to know 
is that we're never, ever wrong. And so it was important for us to make a podcast to share our, I was going to say rightness, but whew, I don't want to say it. No, that's we're the opposite of that. <laughs> Correctness. Yeah, we're we're all the way on the left and we're just also correct. Mm-hmm. But we're not, we're not so like close to the left, left where They're... you end up right. Yeah. <laughs> where yeah. You're like, oh, mm. the celery juice to QAnon pipeline. OK, 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 OK. Yeah, we're not there. Uh-uh. We love Advil. We love. I just took a Tylenol because I had a headache. We're big fans of like Sudafed and allergy medications. Uh-huh. And also shots. Oh, we love, I mean, I don't love, we don't love shot. the process of getting shots, Mm-mm. but we love, we love having them and we love what they stand for. Yeah. Pro-science. Mm-hmm. Women in STEM. We are women in STEM. Mm-hmm. Sucking the memories of America. Wow. Memories of America should be an organization <laughs> that has like a really nice, I'm writing that down. So our favorite part about the show or one of our favorite parts is that it is not just a solo endeavor or a duo endeavor, we include all of you, our listeners in. So if you want to vote on who you think was wrong in each segment that we have, you can head on over to our Instagram and vote on who you think was the villain of the story. So it's broken up into us telling each other our either hot takes, rants, or certain circumstances or things that are going on in our life that we want to know if we're in the wrong four and then we read your email submissions and we tell you if you are the hero or the villain and then finally we nominate a celebrity someone in pop culture something in the news to be our worst of the week aka our rachel of the week oh yeah so if you want to vote on this upcoming episode you can vote usually on fridays because these episodes come out on thursdays i usually post them by friday you can always check the highlights to make sure you don't miss any of them and then we have our fisting friday episode which is tomorrow, if you're listening to this on Thursday, where we read the results from the previous week. So you can feel validated, vindicated. Or just like that you're a part of a community. Yeah. That came together for a common cause. And sometimes people, I mean, a lot of times people write in with their own input that they think for some of these things, which we love to read, even if you're not the original writer in them, or you just have thoughts and opinions. We love to do that and we share all that. So that's what happens tomorrow. But for now, let's focus on today. Okay, so my mine's not a hot take. It's 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 a rant, but people who make their entire brand and personality hating kids, adults who do this, is fucked up. Like it's so fucked up. I don't give a shit if you're chi- like child free by choice. Yes, do not feel the pressures to have children. I will say I do have a bit of a double standard <laughs> about it when it comes to child bearing like people who are would carry a child having being very very vocally child free even in the terminology between people with uteruses who are saying that they are child free by choice versus people with penises who say they are child free by choice I mean the whole thing it's just like children are uh, an under under not an underrepresented group in the sense that like there's tons of children everywhere but like an under advocated for group who like we're just like fucking over all the time and like okay a baby's crying on an airplane and you're gonna like be upset it's like all these people like you were a child before like you do realize that you were a baby and you as an adult making hating kids a personality trait you were a kid like what the fuck did you do what adult hurt you so badly as a child that they felt it was valid to hate you a literal child that you think you can go ahead and hate children like, it's fucked. And my friend on TikTok, Maite, I love her. She did. 
she has talked about how she doesn't see herself having kids and doesn't want to have kids. And there was this viral TikTok that was great. And then I did a little more digging in the mom's anti-vaxxer, which was disappointing. But the video itself was cute. And her child was bringing coffee and they kept looking at it while they were walking with it and they spilled it and they got scared and they dropped the whole cup. And it's a funny video. And Maite commented something on it like, you you have to have like so much so much like patience with like children like that's like couldn't be me but like love this for you and someone commented it'd be like oh you could if you like you can like always do it for your own child and she was like no I could I don't want to like and she's gotten into this discussion with people who she's made statements about like whoa these people coming to like defend me she was like no I mean like I would be I'm sure I would be like a great parent because like I would be really conscious of everything but like I don't want that like I don't want that responsibility because I know I would take it very, very, very seriously. But then all these people came to like defending and being like, oh no, come on, child free by choice, child free by choice. And she's like, whoa, no, no, I do not want you, <laughs> do not want you advocating for this. And she made a TikTok basically saying like, if you hate children, so like if you like are an asshole to children and you're mean to children, like that is a huge red flag. Like that's really like scary. And you saying that you have no patience for children and all of that. I'm like, why is that a socially acceptable thing now? Like, I I feel like the, <laughs> I feel like the women's empowerment and birthing people's empowerment of not being expected or required to fill these gender roles and have children and live their lives as selfish adults has been co-opted by just ableism, like of being like, it is so closely tied into the arguments that people have of why they hate children, you could easily swap in disabled people in, into that sentence and it would still very much so apply. And it it just feels like we've lost the plot. Like it feels like somewhere along here, it reminds me again of the, of the uh, wellness to QAnon pipeline. Like someone infiltrated and started dropping these seeds and then you all started fucking running with it. And I just can't, stand it. Like, I, it's just like, I love kids so much. I want to have kids. I really want to be a mom. Like, I'm really excited for that part of my life. But I was not sure that I was going to get to the place where like, I was going to be ready to have kids or I would feel like I would be a good parent, even as much as like, I loved kids and like wanted to be around kids and like babysit and enjoy spending time with like family members and stuff like that. But like, you don't have to want your own like, being child-free by choice just means that you choose not to have kids and raise kids. It does not mean that you don't choose to exist in a world with children. Like when people are like, oh, I don't want to have like on so many fucking Reddit threads where it's like my sister had kids and like I won't see her or the kids anymore and I won't invite them over. And she's like really upset with me because like we're child-free by choice. I'm like, yeah, no one's asking or forcing you to have children, but being around children is not a part of child free by choice. That is like children exist in this world. And like, you can't say that about a literal group of people whose brains are still, I mean, you can't say, you shouldn't say about anyone, but like, this is a group of people who their brains are developing. They're still learning how to communicate. They're still doing all of that. And if you hate them so fucking much, how do you think your behavior is then they're receiving that? And you think those are going to make good adults? The fuck? Yeah, there's somebody who I really admired and the other day they tweeted out, I don't understand the appeal of having children. Do they have redeeming things at home that the general public is not privy to? And I was so, That's so put off by that and disgusted by it. And I was just like, I mean, I want to have kids and I love children. And I understand that there's some people that just don't want to have kids. And that's fine. 
But like, what you didn't, you weren't born an adult. You were a child at one point. And I know for certain things about this person, because they have a book that they wrote that have the details of their ch- their childhood that I read. And I was like, okay, like there are a lot of things that she and I like align with, mm-hmm. like for our childhoods. And I was like, that made me like her even more. And I'm just like, I don't understand why people just talk negatively about children. It's weird. And children also don't choose to be here. Mm-hmm. They're here because someone brought them into the world and it's not their choice. They also have to grow and develop and learn and get their own personalities and stuff. Like, it's just rude. Yeah. And I feel like people have more empathy for parenting yeah. than they do for childhood. Like, like, I feel so bad for you that you have to raise that child. It's a child. That's the part that I'm just like, parenting is really hard without a doubt. And like some kids like will make comments about like our nephew will say something. I'm like, oh my God, he's being like a little asshole. I would never, I mean, obviously I would never say that to him, but like, it's all like in love and like kids are learning things. They're like learning boundaries. They're like learning all of this stuff. But these people would never say this shit about like mom shaming because Mm -hmm. moms are adults. And so therefore they deserve respect. But like children do not. And to me, like it just screams like I was a hurt child. And so therefore I see children being loved, being adored, being praised. And I, I didn't get that. So then I lash out and direct anger towards them and treat them as like, like even like things like, I think it's a joke. People who have like, who are clearly like love their kids or whatever, calling a child, like a crotch goblin as like a funny thing of being like postpartum. No, like I feel like the postpartum, cause I think it came from the origin of People who are talking about their bodies postpartum. I've never heard this the term crotch, crotch goblin. Mm-mm. Yeah, yeah. So like when people who've recently given birth, whether it's vaginally or through C-section, are talking about like in terms of like, oh, this like this little fucker. If you're dealing with like the trauma after going through like a major surgery or a birth, I'm like, talk about your experience and like all like wh- however you fucking want. But when people who do not have children refer to them as crotch goblins and like I will be the first to say like I have referred to children as parasites in the sense of like a pregnancy to me has always been like that's so crazy it's like a parasite where it's like eating like it's mm-hmm. like taking these things and it's not in the not I in, say a little alien that's, that's what living saying, like, off of and you. not in a and negative in way a negative at all way. no and so that's the same way I feel about people who clearly love their kids and have talked about like the term again I'm I might be totally wrong and if someone please correct me if the term crotch goblin didn't come from that but I'm under the impression that that came from people who had recently given birth and were postpartum talking about the havoc that has been wrecked on their bodies and referring to that as like a goblin who kind of like, you know, crawled out of their insides and they're doing some, they're recovering. I think this person, this person responded to that person and they said, they're actually just cool people with their own thoughts and opinions. And at some point play pretend and you get to hear them make their toys talk to each other. And you sit there watching them thinking they're the smartest, most interesting person you've ever met. First of all, childhood is beautiful. Like childhood, like your own childhood. We watch coming of age movies. Mm -hmm. Like there's a reason why it's been memorialized in like an entire genre of like film and content because it's something that is relatable to all of us. It's nostalgic. It's like everlasting. It's evergreen. It's, 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 It's something we all love and we miss that like childlike innocence and things like that. And it's just... 
there's a huge difference between not wanting the response, the financial, emotional, and physical responsibility of bearing, of carrying children, raising children, and molding young minds versus coexisting with like, like people who are like newer to earth, like newer to earth and like newer to doing all of this. And right. it's, they're still human beings. And like, it's cool. Like being an aunt is so fucking fun and being able to like hang out with a kid who's like hilarious and so smart and seeing them learn and seeing them like retain information and all of this. It's just, you haven't been around the wrong kids. You just, it's a you problem. Like it's an attitude problem that you have. So like, of course you wouldn't be spending lots of good quality time with children because I can't imagine any parent would, any good parent would want you as a for like as a figure in their child's life when Mm -hmm. you have that attitude. And it just, no matter what, will always, always end up in the eugenics kind of category because it's just impossible to, to say what you dislike about children without being (laughs) incredibly ableist. Like you just can't, Mm -hmm. you just can't. So that's my fucking rant. You don't have to want kids. You don't have to have kids and you don't still people. Yeah. You have to, you should respect them. Like. If you can like sit at fucking dinner with like your racist uncle, but you can't not shoot a death glare at a child on an airplane, like that's a problem. Yeah. And scene. Huh. All right. You're not wrong. Thanks. Next, we've got um, me. I'm up and I have a hot take. And it's. Oh, she just licked her lips. No one else saw that, but it was sexy. It wasn't meant to be sick. No, I, I, it was more, but you know, I just exuded, you know, um, (laughs) politicians. I agree. (laughs) Like, you know, you know, a doctor, uh, to become a doctor, they have to go through a lot of training. They've got to take an MCAT. Then after they graduate, they got to take all those other tests. A lawyer has to take the LSAT. All the other tests, plumbers have to, you know, be certified. Teachers have to be certified. Mm -hmm. You know, all these tests that professionals have to take. But politicians, they don't take anything. They don't have to take anything. And I firmly believe that politicians should have to take a civics test before they run for office. Because... And I and I I was thinking of this more so last week when I had I don't even remember it was was my Rachel of the, I think it was my Rachel of the week where I was like that politician didn't know the difference between state and federal funding. Yeah. Then I was thinking about Marjorie Taylor Greene who is bad at her job and also a bad person. <laughs> I was thinking about Lauren Boebert who I just I don't know if there's anything going on in there. No, I um, I think that she was from your rival alien. Like she's yeah. not she's not an alien. She's not an alien. She's she's not. Yeah, it's, it's drafty up there. And then I'm thinking about, you know, the might be the greatest conman of our time. Mm, Scamtos. Yeah. And then, of course, our last president. Like. How are these people making laws, but they don't understand laws? And so I typed that into a Google search. And then I got Liz Cheney, who's a former congresswoman. She said, we've got people we've entrusted with the perpetuation of the republic 
who don't know what the rule of law is. She continued, we probably need to do constitution boot camps for newly sworn in members of Congress, clearly. And I wouldn't even say newly sworn in. No, no, no. There's people that have been in there years. Yeah. Since they were in their 20s or in their 80s. Get Chris this Keeper needs to McConnell be, in there. We need to, like, it's just baffling to me how a lot, none of, a lot of these people don't understand laws and i think you know they say like say like a great thing about this country is that like anybody can run for office which i think anyone can run i, I think don't anyone think anyone should run but that doesn't be. mean that you're qualified yeah, i don't think anyone you should be need elected. to be qualified for the job you need to have an understanding of what the job is that you're doing what how you're supposed to properly lead people how you're supposed to have a voice for the people that you are representing because even if you take, and I'm not, oh, I, I am trying to always crap on Republicans, but I'm not specifically cra- crapping on Republicans right now. But I mean, Liz Cheney is the one that said that, and she's a Republican. So, like, there are people that are representing their districts that they had redlined, they redistrict, and they aren't actually the voice of the people that they mm-hmm. have because, again, they're trying to skew the law so that they can have people representing their state that don't even understand what the laws are. Yeah. I mean, we take a driving test to drive yes. on the road. And like, I, I would say that, like, if we come to like the actual responsibility of like lives and the outcome of like, not just ourselves driving and like law and policy and politics, like those, those are ones that aren't just affecting you like you are putting people's lives at risk both times like when you're like it's a lot of power to have as a politician you should have an understanding of the economy you should have an understand understanding of laws you should understand science you should understand what democracy actually is not what you like to put on your patriotic shirts Mm -hmm. you should even understand how to properly fly a flag because a lot of these people go around sticking flags on things and that's actually a no-no for mm. flag. Like, you're not supposed... Like, I just don't understand how these people have the jobs that they have because at the end of the, of the day, they're just puppets for the yeah. greater people that do kind of understand. They're more there for power and control and a lot of times racism too. And a lot of times sexism as well. But they don't understand what the actual laws are in this country. Yeah, I think that's a great call. I think like it would make sense if our government like econ class or whatever, like was standard across the entire United States. So we all took the same basic one that future politicians would take. And then they would obviously like elaborate and go far on that too. But the reason why they also are able to get elected is because like we keep the constituents in the dark as well without having a great knowledge of this. So if we all had the same baseline level of knowledge, which would then could involve how to spot gerrymandering, how to spot propaganda on all of those different things. So then it's like what we're taught is not just, yes, we're taught like the basics of the fundamentals also, but then how to be informed voters. But then that's also a reason why they don't want to give money to public schools because they know that education is power and they're trying to keep power out of the people. Mm -hmm. But we're here for power to the people. Yep. 
all it's just all a cycle and it's just gross to me yeah i mean the one good thing is though that gen z is fucking up their shit like gen z's rocking there like they're fucking yeah throwing the largest wrench in their fucking plans and the amount of drastic measures that they're going to have to go to prevent that is not going to go unnoticed mm-hmm. and so they're in a really fucked up hard place to try and continue the shit they've been doing shut down the gen z and the young voter voice all the while not alienating and not being so obvious that their current they lose their current party yeah so i think we need to have assessment tests you're not wrong and a republican agrees with me but she also like basically got kicked out of the republican party so well okay shall we take a break Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. 
Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. In our live stream, our listeners are always recommending and talking about books. So we're so excited about book of the month because this is something that our listeners are going to love. This is a brand that I've been familiar with for a, a long time. I like love watching people talk about it. I love seeing what books people are reading and like what books they have available. And I, I, I love I love everything about it. So I'm so excited uh, for someone who like, <laughs> you know, the ease of getting into a book, a lot of it can feel like really daunting. So to have like a service where it's like, you're going to get like high quality hardcover books, which that's my preferred way to read at incredible prices, but also curated. So it's like amazing, cool, wonderful, great. This is, it's kind of like a, a straight shot into that and something that book of the month you can do over and over and over again. And one of the great things about it is the longer you are part of the program, the cheaper the books get. Book of the Month's mission is to help readers discover new books they love and promote the work of emerging authors. One of the amazing things about Book of the Month is that every aspect of Book of the Month experience is designed to be fun and special for readers. First of all, the books come in a bright blue box, which is very pretty. Me and Megan were just talking about them. There's also a fun app to pick your books and track reading progress and as well there are reading challenges and rewards and book of the month makes it really easy to decide what book to read next which for me is like the biggest hurdle i love when other people make choices for me especially when they're good choices and i'm like cool i can trust you so each month the editorial team reads through hundreds of new titles and they pick some of the best new books for you to choose from all of the books are so good you can't go wrong and i mean that wholeheartedly when we were picking like our selects for this i was like wait this I like all of them. This is hard. And I literally coordinated with Melissa and I was like, okay, so these are like my top ones. I'm assuming they will be yours. So don't pick the same one as me. So then we can swap afterwards. And that's what we did. So we got the ministry of time by Killian Bradley. And we also received the return of Ellie Black by Emiko Jean. The ministry of time is like, people are calling it like if you're a fan of Outlander and like spy novels or time traveling books, it's, quoted from town and country saying it's really innovative fun storytelling the ministry of time is definitely for you and listed as 45 of the must read books for spring 2024 and then harper's bazaar also said part time travel romance part spy thriller and 100 percent multifaceted joyride <gasps> when i tell you that i was like sold we're also excited about the return of ellie black and this one is about a missing girl who returns but that isn't the end of the story it's only the beginning. We both like a, a, a detective book. This one is uh, 20 years since detective Chelsea Calhoun's sister vanishes. Ever since Chelsea has been searching for signs for closure for other missing girls. But happy endings are rare in Chelsea's line of work, which that sounds so intriguing. And I'm looking forward to reading this novel so much. Can't wait. And we're so excited to usher in this new sponsor. And we know y'all are already going to love this. Plus, we've been recommended this so many times. Mm -hmm. So I, I we, we've already got fans in you. Try the service yourself at bookofthemonth.com and you can get your first book for $5 with code PEDALS. That is your first book, $5 at bookofthemonth.com using code PEDALS. We are back from our break and we're going to get into 
our second segment. Would you like to explain it? Our second segment is called But Are You Wrong? And that's when y'all write in to butamirongpod at gmail.com and you share an email with us about a situation in your life where you might have been wrong and you want our opinions and judgment. So write in 300 words or less, provide your ages required, pronouns if you'd like also um, specific examples so we know what you're speaking of and then face our wrath and fake names i thought you were they said face our wrath and i was like is that an acronym i'm supposed to get but if you use fake names if you use include your real name we'll just cut that out but if there's multiple people in the story it will help us follow so first up megan and melissa i love this just starts with their names not even hi hi First off, I'm sensitive, so please proceed with that in mind. Am I wrong for ghosting my best friend of 18 years for not supporting me postpartum? I don't even know why you would say you are sensitive in this moment. <laughs> like that's your postpartum. Your postpartum. <laughs> that's like you, that's you're recovering from trauma. I, 23 female, had a baby at the end of October, and in those 12 weeks, my best friend has only visited me once when he was seven weeks old. For the past two-ish years, we have caught up most weeks, if not then, fortnightly, including during pregnancy. But as soon as I had my baby, she disappeared when we talked for months about her role in his life. My partner works from 12 p.m. to 8.30 p.m., so isn't home when the baby is awake and parents aren't active in our lives. Oh, that is so tough. My little boy has colic. Oh, he inconsolably cries pretty much anytime he's awake. So I know it's hard to be around, but she doesn't even message to check in on us. And I've told her that due to a stranger who was annoyed with him when we were grocery shopping, I don't feel, feel comfortable leaving the house. So a couple of weeks ago, I got to the point of just wanting to cut ties with her. And I went to the doctor and I was diagnosed with postpartum depression. I was told to reach out to my people so I wasn't isolated. So I messaged her telling her I was struggling and she sympathized. But after she still hasn't reached out, I feel like I'm done with this relationship and can't move past the resentment. And when I'm feeling like this, I just want to hurt the other person. So I think it's best I just ghost for both of our sakes. Am I wrong if I ghost and cut off this relationship? Oh, my God, you're not wrong at all. Mm -hmm. This is so fucked. This is real. I'm sorry that you're that you have postpartum depression. Also, that the baby has colic, Oof. and then you know your partner is helping provide for you, but like your friend isn't there to support you. So you don't you don't you don't have like a not just not having a support system, but also you reached out in a time of need. And she wasn't there for you. And that's not what a good friend makes. And maybe she has other things going on in her life that she maybe she doesn't want to tell you because she feels like you have a lot going on. But still, let someone know. Yeah, I mean, I would without a doubt, like postpartum's really serious. Like whether or not you're dealing with anxiety, depression, psychosis, anything like your body has gone through a trauma and your body's healing from that. And like, even if there was no baby involved, like that is a physical trauma that you're Mm -hmm. dealing with. And so any of my personal mental health struggles or like life struggles or anything like that, I'm never going to compare my life to be like, oh, this is so much harder. This is better. This is easier. Like we're all valid in our own like struggles. But like when something is that serious that like it's timely, it's really important and it's really Mm -hmm. serious. And there's something that I could potentially do I'm going to do it. And if I can't do that because I'm not around, I don't have the time or I'm going through something that would not make me the good person for that, I'm going to tell the other person that because I understand that my lack of response or my lack of recognition or my lack of effort 
could really negatively contribute to an already really serious problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, you're not wrong at all. Ghost, ghost immediately and seek out some other friends. Like if I had a friend who was like, I wasn't that close to yeah. who reached out and told me like, hey, I'm deal. I would be like, I'm there in a fucking second. Like I yeah. could have hung out with you twice. And if you called me right now, I'd be like, sorry, Melissa, we have to wrap this. Like I would do it in a heartbeat. When I was in college and I was going through like my first serious bout of depression, I it was harder for me to tell people that were closest Without to me. And I told another friend that was not as close, but she didn't, she, I would be like, I just need to come over and just lay in your bed, like Mm -hmm. for the next hour. And she, and she might be like, I'm not at home, but like, come get my key or like, I'll be there soon or whatever. Like she would just let me just Mm -hmm. exist without questioning. And so see if there's some, like another friend that you, like you said, you might not have been as close to. I always reach out to my friends, too, when they're they've just had a baby, even if I'm not super close to them, because you just never know what people are going through. And people are finally taking postpartum seriously before they would just be like, oh, it's just the baby blues. You're just sad because like, whatever, you're just not one person anymore. But. Or remember that you say like you're so overwhelmed with how much you love your baby. You're yeah. just like are sad about it. Yes. Like, and no. now people are actually taking it seriously. It's very serious. Very like like Megan said, your body went through a very traumatic thing, both physically and mentally. You're in a new state of of mind and in life. And so like surround yourself with people that care. Yeah. And you we're not meant to do this like alone. And it's regardless of who you're doing it with, your partner's not there for a large chunk of the day. So like someone else needs to be. And if that's a friend, that's a friend who's on it. Maybe it's not one friend. Maybe it's there's you break it up into like six different FaceTime phone calls during the day. Like you need adult human interaction and you need support and community. And that's more important than your baby seeing a screen. Mm -hmm. And I don't, we obviously don't have kids, so we're not here to tell you how to like parent at all, but like you need to prioritize yourself and your mental health. Fuck what they say about not letting a kid watch TV, not letting a baby be in front of an iPad, like whatever you need to do to get through the day. So both of you are healthy, happy, and safe. I'm really sorry that she was not receptive to helping and understanding how she can be there for you and support you but it's not the end all be all with her like I would drop everything for I I would might almost say my worst enemy but maybe not my worst enemy but like yeah close. you know just lesser an worst, just an enemy an not enemy. my worst enemy like I would I would drop everything if I heard that they if they asked me for some help or support because they were going through all of this so please don't let that stop you from like reaching out. And even like things with like mom groups on Facebook and especially reaching out to other people who've recently had kids who like understand of Mm -hmm. like the crying and like you can't do this alone. And so if that means you need to start fostering new relationships with people, mom groups and things that involve you getting out of the house or having people come over and or spending again, FaceTime, like spending time with people so you're not supposed to do this alone. And like biologically, we can't do it alone. And it's just not good to sacrifice your mental and physical well-being. And I have so much faith that like 
you're going to have really great people in your life or promote those other people to your life to a more, a larger role because you even were able to ask your best friend for this and then recognize that she can't give it to you and that you don't have to accept that. Yeah. I'm so sorry. You're so not wrong at all. And my tough love lesson, don't call yourself sensitive. No, no. I'm recovering. That's what's going on right now. Mm-hmm. Things will get better. Yeah. You've got this. All right. I am 25 AFAB, assigned female at birth, and still live at home with my mom and dad. For context, I grew up in a Christian conservative household. My dad has very strong opinions about literally everything. Every time he sees someone with a lot of tattoos, he has to make a comment about it. He always likes to mention specifically women who have a giant skull tattooed on their leg and how he doesn't find that attractive. What really pisses me off was when he said, if you surveyed a bunch of men, I'm sure most of them would say the same. When my sister and I called him out for being judgmental, he brought up a recent transgender bathroom situation at a YMCA, which I said was not the same thing as as a tattoo and had nothing to do with the conversation. Any excuse for him to be anti-trans, I guess. The situation got heated and he got defensive and my sister had to physically leave. She lives on her own. To top it off, I overheard him talking to my mom about how he's not allowed to make observations about the world. This isn't the first time something like this has happened. Am I wrong for calling him out and for being annoyed with his judgy comments? Thank you. Love the pot so much. No, you're not wrong. Because... He's just flat out wrong. And sure, he can have opinions, but that doesn't make them the right opinions. And I didn't ask to hear him. No. And I'm sure when that woman or any woman got a tattoo of a skull on their leg, they were not thinking about if he specifically found them attractive. Probably weren't even thinking about any men if they found it attractive because it's not about them or him it's about what we like to do with our own bodies so no you're not wrong for calling him out you're not wrong for any of this and you know i'm sorry that you can't leave like your sister can he's he's just flat out wrong we if we could monetize every time someone brings up the bathroom to anti-trans pipe we could solve oh my good fucking god I have to say, of all of the fear-mongering the right has done, that might be the one that, like, they should write about it in textbooks. Like, holy fucking shit. It's almost like the level of, like, people who come up with those fake names that, like, they're, oh, my, like, cousin had the story of, like, these, like, whatever. And you're, like, these, like, like, these, like, literally century-old, like, racist, fairy, Mm -hmm. like, like, fake, what's that, what are, fables? Fables. Like, that shit. It's, we're, we're at that level now. It's just... I think if you said to someone who is out, like just transphobic, are you talking about bathrooms? And I'm like, I'll give you a hundred dollars if you don't make it. And it's like, I can't, must make transphobic mm-hmm. comments. Like it's just absolutely fucked. And you're not wrong at all. I also just like think like, I mean, I would probably be like, well, why, why just, why do you think anyone cares about your opinion? Right. Like, I really don't care. I would just literally ignore him and then just start talking about something why, else. Why do you want that woman to be attracted to you? Yeah, I didn't hear what you said. What was that again? Oh, that's really uninteresting to me. Like, that's... Mm. 
you should really work on, you'd be a better conversationalist. Like, it's like kind of sucks talking to you. Like you really drain the life out of every room. Maybe I can just be Much in your Much like that school. Yep. Okay, next up. Hello, goddesses. Oh. <sighs> Thank you, I feel seen. <laughs> I have a predicament with my brother. I, 20 he, him, and my brother, we shall call him James, 17 he, him, got into an argument about the amount of time we should be in the living room. My brother has basically made the living room into his bedroom for maybe the past year and a half. And in the past few months, my family's been trying to make him go back to his own room and leave the shared space. Now, the past few weeks, he has been trying to get his room together so he can be in it. It's not messy, just unorganized, and he's not taking it seriously. This week, I decided to use the living room since I got a new game for my birthday, and I took the week off from work to do the normal birthday festivities. Relatable. And I took the extra time I had to myself to play the game. We had an argument about it at 11 p.m. This was the first day that I decided to play the game. He wanted to go back into the living room to use it to sleep in in the next hour. I will admit I was in the living room from like 2.30 p.m. to that time, but my brother is a night owl and will be up from like 4 to 6 a.m. and then fall asleep at 2 p.m. This is how it has been the whole time he has claimed the living room. He has ADHD and that might be that might come into play for why he is in his room, but the whole family should have access to the living room. Anyway, this is a dumb sibling argument, but am I wrong? Is he wrong? Are we both wrong? Thanks for reading. Love you both. Love you too. Thank you for calling me a goddess. It so, means a lot. You live at home? I believe so. You cannot, if you live in a shared living space and you have a bedroom, you cannot sleep in the living room during working, waking hours, right. even on a fucking weekend. Here's the thing. You can sleep in the living room anytime you want, but you just can't expect everyone else to treat it like it's your bedroom. But also like, I want to watch TV, scoot over, move your feet. I'm turning the TV on right. now. That's what like I mean. This, yeah. Like, like you can sleep there, sure. but everybody else Best is going to, yeah, but everybody else is going to treat it like a living room. Like there's a reason why people don't want the couch on family vacations when you're, or in the like group vacations where it's like the shared living space, because you know that it's going to completely wreck your privacy and yeah. sleeping arrangements. Yeah. No, it, I don't even, I wouldn't even call this a dumb sibling argument. I would just like, there's nothing to argue here. Like he's just like straight up wrong. Yeah. Ask him why he prefers to sleep in the living room than his bedroom. Does he need a new mattress? Does he does he want a couch in his room instead? Yeah. And instead of like I would say like do you do you want a couch in your room instead of a bed? Do you feel more comfortable on the couch? Then, you know, let's figure out how to get a couch in here. Yeah. Do you want a TV? Do you mm -hmm. need, like, maybe you get a stool and you prop up your laptop so you can watch something where you fall asleep. Yes, it's hard to sleep when you have ADHD. If you're, It's hard to do anything when you're overstimulated. It's kind of just you shut down, like, your body and your brain. Everything shuts down. It short circuits. Like, it's overloading. But, <laughs> like, that's a predicament that that's how my brain responds to something and so then I do my best to work on fixing that. And like, there are times where like our room is so messy and I'm like stressed about it. And I'm overstimulated and mom's like, okay, cool. Let's start tackling this together. Like, let's, let's do this so we can then accomplish the goal together. And so we can have an outcome that is best suited for you. But it's, that's the, the great thing about living with other people is the accountability. And Sometimes when people use ADHD as their excuse. I'm like, you're forgetting one of the key components, which is deep-rooted shame in everything that you do. And when you're like throwing this around as your end-all be-all excuse for every for like poor behavior and everything, I'm like, no, because there's a large amount of embarrassment and shame for 
feeling out of control and the reason why we do these things and a lot of self-loathing. So let's not, you know, you can like yourself just like in spite of because of whatever, but like you can't <laughs> like weaponize that or use that as an excuse to be a shitty roommate or cohabitator. Like this right. is just, you're not wrong, like literally at all. Maybe help him organize his room. Yeah. You're not wrong. Not at all. Next up, our last writer of the episode. Hello, I am a 27-year-old identifying as she, her. I have always had a rocky relationship with my mother. She was very controlling of me growing up, still tries to this day, and is manipulative and emotionally abusive. Because of this, since moving out, I have tried to distance myself from mental well-being, and I will make time for her when I choose. As an example of how our interactions go now, last time we talked, she said me not telling her every second of my day, and I mean every second, was me being secretive, and it hurt her, and clearly I didn't care if she was dead. We were talking about me going to get groceries, and she wanted to know why I wanted to get milk and what kind of milk it was and why I wanted that kind, what I would use it for, etc. Believing that I have every right to tell people the information I want to, I shut down her inter interrogation. Immediately, she lashed out with the guess you don't care if I die line because I wasn't sharing my life with her. Anyway, after this encounter, she demanded that we go to therapy to work through things. I personally don't feel comfortable considering how conversations always escalate to that level and in that manner. I know she's probably right in saying that I have hurt her in the past, but at the same time, she won't admit or acknowledge how her behavior is harmful to me. My siblings think I should try to go to therapy with her. I just don't see anything being accomplished through it for the two of us. Am I wrong for thinking this way and refusing to go to therapy with her? My thing is, if you want to have a relationship, some type of relationship with her, you know, you're still engaging with her. If you want it to get, go, get better and she sees that there's a problem, you know that there's a problem. I don't think it'll get better unless you do get help. Yeah, it's kind of a prerequisite for yeah. changing a relationship with someone. So if you want it to stay the way it is where you're constantly frustrated with her, then don't go to therapy. But I do think you're wrong if you want to have a better relationship with her that, that it's not going to get any better. It probably will get worse because you're just going to become even more frustrated. Yeah. Do you go to therapy on your own? And also, like, if you, if you feel like that you need to have even footing too, don't go to a therapist that she's gone to before. Go to a therapist that neither of you have seen and you may pick out together yeah i yeah i mean if a, if she brings a therapist to you that you should go that she wants you both to go to no you can't if you're going to any sort of couples therapy whatever your relationship therapy, is relationship therapy. you can't it can't be a pre-existing relationship because it's not fair. or a, a pre-existing therapy relationship with one client like it's it's not even footing even ground mm -hmm. if you want to change how you interact with somebody who you've had a relationship with for a while and you've known there's a problem, you always try to fix it. Like you you have been, whether you've been thinking you've been trying or actively trying, like you, you have. 
And the only way to then change it is with professional help. And Mm -hmm. if anything, I think this might work in your favor. There are some really shitty fucking therapists out there, but there's a likelihood that she is told that she has done a lot of really fucked up things and she's done a lot of damage and she will either have to reckon with that or she will like refuse to acknowledge that. And I think that that can kind of push you in whatever direction you want to take this relationship. I will say, and I don't know if this is a hot take, but you said, I know she's probably right in saying that I have hurt her in the past. I have like a really hard time with the notion that children hurt their parents in the same way that parents can hurt their children. So when that is used as like a, well, you've really hurt me as a refute or as a justification to that, like you're 27. Yes, there is, there's nature versus nurture, but like at a certain point, like if there's been behavioral issues that aren't neurological based and you're upset with your child for how they hurt you, you raised them. Like, what did you there are some terrible people out there. No, that's yeah, but, but I'm but saying like also, nature versus nurture. Like there can be neurological things that are ex- like that explain behavior, whether that's violent or aggressive, and that is hurtful and harmful physically and emotionally. But it, that's the nature in the nurture d- debate and that circumstance. Like if you're refuting that your child had difficulties with your relationship growing up and like you've harmed them, if your response is well, you hurt me. Like this is not a tit for tat. Like. You, we are, we did not have the same power. Like you were the parent. I was the child. The fact that you're able to be like, you know, I can admit that like, maybe she's probably right in saying that I've hurt her in the past, but she still won't acknowledge any of her, her behavior is harmful. I would really hold on to that because there are bad therapists who can then make you feel like you were awful and you were evil and your mom is the, like the victim in all of this. And you're right now even acknowledging that she will refuses to admit that she caused any harm, but you're able to acknowledge right now that like, you know, she probably was a victim in this. And I don't know how much she was, but right now it already feels and like- we're also only hearing your side too. Yeah, I mean, but you're, you're already tearing on the side of like, maybe I am responsible for a lot of this stuff, but she's still saying she's not responsible for anything. I would just think really hard and do a lot of research before picking a therapist because you're going into it acknowledging that you might not be perfect, but she's not going into it acknowledging that she might have done anything wrong. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to say therapy can never hurt because for me, if I was in this situation, the worst thing that could then happen would be a mental health professional telling me that the, in your case, your, my, your mom she did everything right and none of your trauma is valid. So that's why like, I would really, 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 really vet it and do that individually on your own. Mm-hmm. I think if she wants to work on it, it's either because like she does want to change this and she might not know why she's doing what she's doing or she may not be able to put words to it, but acknowledge, maybe she might feel more comfortable acknowledging her faults to a professional versus like her kid, depending on how she grew up. Yeah. Then you also need to go with an open mind too because you've already shut down before yeah you have to go because you want to change Mm -hmm. the relationship you like melissa said you can't keep going like this right 
I think you would be wrong for maintaining this current relationship and not seeking therapy. I don't think you'd be wrong to cut her out of your life and cease this relationship and be done with it. But I just, I don't think you can have one foot in and out the door. It's just continuing the toxicity for you, you and her. Because, I mean, we're only hearing your side, but I am biased. All right. Well, we're going to take a break now. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. 
one. And it's time for But Are They Wrong? And that's when we pick somebody in the world who is the wrong of the week, the Rachel of the week, the woe of the week. Somebody that just needs a spanking and not in a good way. In a very much not good way. So I would like to nominate someone who I, I wish we weren't talking about. I wish we had left them on the farm. But in light of current events, Mascara Gate, but that's really irrelevant. Jeffree Star is attempting to make a comeback and he is doing so kind of with open arms for a large chunk of the internet who has decided that everything that he has done is not that bad or people didn't know. So I'm here to give you a comprehensive education on Jeffree Star, so you know to not support Jeffree Star. But I want to say before we get into this, I think, I don't remember what year it was, but Beauty Break, there was like a Shane and Jeffree collab palette or whatever. And we reviewed like Jeffree Star's make- makeup on Beauty Break. I had truly no clue who he was. And that is 100% on me and like my own ignorance. And when I learned, I was mortified that we were all like stoked and excited about this. And I mean, even Shane has had his own set of, horrible controversies. And again, I didn't watch his content, didn't didn't know him, met him one time. And so then it was like, oh, okay, whatever. No, no, no. I've learned my lesson of doing my due diligence of people on the internet before I support them publicly, whether it's on my own platform or I'm being fucking played, paid by Clever TV to like test out makeup. I just want to say that like you can have whether involuntarily or publicly like supported someone on purpose or not out of ignorance and then learn and not anymore. So I just want to give a shout out to the fantastic detective, not even detective work, but like compilation work of Lane Loves Lipstick on a beauty guru chatter from three years ago. They did a comprehensive list of Jeffree Star's many controversies. So just for some context of why Jeffree Star is popping back off, um, Michaela from TikTok, I don't know her last name. Nagura? Not Lil Michaela. Not, oh, not Lil Michaela. It's also that Lil Michaela has a Q in it and she's ethically ambiguous. So she did a review about this mascara and in between her second and third coats or first and second coat, she put on false lashes and it's like really obvious and... I didn't know what the hell you were talking about. It's like not that deep, but it's one of those things that like, it's kind of like, okay, this is like so inconsequential. Like, why would you lie about it? And it's like, it it kind of makes it a larger deal because like there's literally no reason to lie about it. It's so, it's so trivial and it's like so weird. So Jeffree Star has used it as an opportunity to be like, okay, well, you always wanted my honest reviews. Like now don't worry, like I'm coming back. So he had been on hiatus at a farm in Wyoming selling yak meat, but now he's coming back, sadly. (sighs) So if you don't know, Jeffree Star started on the MySpace scene and they were doing music and shit there. Very scene. You'd probably recognize the photos. I didn't, but that's definitely what Lane on Lipstick was like, you know, these are iconic people. People have referenced them. So he left music to do makeup. And one of his earliest controversies was from 2004, 2006-ish. There's not a specific pinpointed date. So he was about 19 to 21. And it's a video where he is screaming and verbally attacking women walking down the street, calling them the N-word. Then he did a skit in 2006. Skit is in quotations, also with the word joke that he makes about putting battery acid on a black woman to lighten her skin tone. And in the infamous skit, they joke about this saying, I'm gonna, we'll link this because I don't wanna give all of these quotes, specifically reading all of this. It's just, I don't think it's 
productive because it's endless. So basically makes a joke about putting, quote unquote, joke about using battery acid to lighten skin tone. In 2009, he called Tila Tequila a whore. And let's just say Tila Tequila is a neo-Nazi and a racist and a absolute horrific, horrible person. But Jeffrey didn't call Tila Tequila out for any of those things. No, no, no. He just called her a whore saying that me and that whore Atila Tequila are the ones that capitalized on it, which she's talking about internet culture. Her and I would be friends, but I'm not into people thinking they have to be like naked all the time. You don't have to prostitute yourself to be successful. So while Tila Tequila has a thousand and one things that you could make valid, valid arguments for why she is a really shitty racist neo-Nazi, instead you just decide to hate on her for being a woman and slut shaming her. So, you know, and then in 2013, Davi Vanity, I forgive me if I'm not saying this, their name right. Not that they, everyone deserves the respect of their name being right. This person sucks. They were from the band Blood on the Dance Floor, very warped tour. They were accused of sexual assault for underage girls. And they were in the same warped tour scene as Jeffree Star, and they collaborated on music together. And so when the accusations came out, Jeffrey tweeted, I'm going to speak the truth till I die. We saw... Davi, they tagged them under bring underage girls to hotel rooms and do sexual things 100% illegal. So in that it implies that he knew that it was happening, didn't say anything, didn't do anything. Later on in that year, though, he tweeted that he had so much love for him saying he apologized for spreading those false accusations. So either one, he just like sat back and watched his friend sexually assault underage girls or two, he perpetuated and pushed false accusations. But of course, it's the former because the accusations were not false. And the original Reddit user said, like, after looking into this again, like, he's absolutely guilty, did not lie about the accusations. But then he, however, however, did double down about the accusations and go back to being friends with the racist. Just this month, Huffing- this was a couple years ago, Huffington Post post put out an article detailing all of the accusations, which are 21 women. So, Yeah. So then lots of relatively standard problematic YouTuber shit, like people reviewing makeup products and then saying that like they didn't like some of these things. And then Jeffrey being upset at them for making video reviews, saying they should have just emailed customer service and then threatening to sue them for defamation and get their YouTube channels taken down. So then in 2016, he calls Shayla of Makeup by Shayla. Fantastic YouTube channel. She's gorgeous. Calls her a cunt and threatens to beat her into the ground. So then Shayla was attending a, they were both attending an Urban Decay event in Vegas where Jeffrey alleges that Shayla told another beauty influencer that she needed lip filler because her face looked deformed. Jeffrey apparently was so upset about this that he later took to Twitter and called Shayla a cunt, all these names, and she had denied the accusations. And Jeffrey said, I'll actually beat you into the fucking ground and mean it. And then Shayla basically went on to say that she would never support a man who threatens to beat a woman And then he replied and said, but you sound and look more like a man than I do. So relax. He also then went to call Shayla a broke fucking rat. Then in 2017, Jackie Ina, our queen, our icon, friend of the podcast, my birthday twin, she anti-hauled his entire brand. So that was like a trend going on for a while. It's kind of like right now it's de-influencing, uninfluencing, de-influencing where people are doing like things they would never buy again. So it's a original YouTube trend, an anti-haul of saying shit I'm never going to buy. Jackie anti-hauled his entire makeup brand because of his racism and how he treated and his attack of Shayla. So then Jeffrey responded by blocking Jackie on Twitter and calling her an irrelevant rat and eventually tweeting that she hasn't paid her taxes in three years. So although it has been argued, and this is again a quote from the Reddit, although it has been argued that rat is not inherently a racist term, please note that Jeffrey's only ever used this term to describe black women. So then there was some shady stuff with Nikki tutorials where they're not friends anymore. And this is again, like typical, like, 
less problematic. Like this is more just messy shit of like posting about how Nikki Troyles is fucked over in her contract with Two-Face trying to like take Two-Face down, but Nikki and Jeffrey aren't friends anymore. And so then it's like, well, why are you airing out her contract details that are like, she could get in trouble for this. And like, you're trying to like parade it around of like, you're helping her, even though you're not friends anymore. And like, you're spilling her like legal contract shit. Like that's really bad. In September, 2018, Jeffrey's ex-hairstylist released messages where Jeffrey star calls Jackie Ina a gorilla, among other racial slurs. People have said that, you know, the texts aren't real, they're photoshopped, but let's pay attention to history and how this behavior is a pattern and why are we going to defend somebody who has never once given you any opportunity or reason to do so. So he posted, the, the his hairstylist posted a video where he scrolls through the, the screenshots to prove that they're not fabricated, though people are saying they still don't know who it's from, blah, blah, blah. But the date is already from a year earlier, so it's basically impossible for them to be fake and it would be ridiculous. So they're they're real in my eyes. In October 2018, Jeffrey was called out for being culturally insensitive when he wore cornrows for a photo shoot for his makeup brand. And after getting backlash from this, Jeffrey replied to people defending him, being like, preach, young kids trying to be mad at something always. Instead of, you know, acknowledging, reassessing anything like this. And this is, again, 2018. Cornrows, 2018. Cornrows in 2018 were not used. It would have been, you do that at Coachella 2018, everybody's looking. It's like, no, we, we've we all learned. We've, we've watched all of the celebrities before who've done this. This has already been, I think Kim Kardashian had been called out uh, probably like 20 times before this had even happened. Also in 20, October of 2018, Jeffrey accused Huda Katan of Huda, Huda Beauty of copying Beauty Bakery's concept for all their powders. He went on to post screenshots of private messages between he and Huda saying that Huda should fuck off and accuse her of being a thief. Who knows? But it basically is just, again, quote unquote, exposing other brands by specifically going after women. Sure, maybe she did, maybe she didn't. But like, why are you inserting yourself in this business to attempt to try and take everyone down? There's a lot of stuff, like lots of ableism in 2009, stating that fans at Warped Tour look like they have autism. If you scroll through, again, we will link all of this stuff, but like there's just never stopping. And that's like, a, that's like the history of all of this. Then I'm not even gonna get into the fucking Tati Westbrook, like James Charles shit. Just fair fucking warning when you read any of these things, like they're really offensive to like everyone and everything. And so then finally we get to kind of what was the nail in the coffin for Jeffrey's current YouTube era. Because a lot of this stuff, like that, like the MySpace era and things like the messy drama, he was able to kind of sneak in with like, oh, the drama community is like so catty, like so catty. And he was so big that I don't think a lot of people knew that like, yeah, there was catty talking about so-and-so stole this shades from so-and-so's palette. But like, that was like, what he was partaking in was racism. And like what he was partaking in prior to that was also racism. Like, and this was a ongoing indicator of not that he was bad, a bad business owner or bad at making content that like he was a bad person. And it got mixed in with this quote unquote YouTube drama when it's really not of the same caliber at all. But he was kind of able to skate by and continue to have a fucking career. He was platformed by Shane. And then when Shane went down, shit started going down, obviously even more. And then finally in December of 2020, this again, I think was kind of the nail in the coffin for his career. 
Business Insider report unearthed documents stating that Jeffree Star Cosmetics executive had paid $45,000 off to a sexual assault accuser to retract their statement against him. This is someone who has had a long history of not just being problematic, but like of being ableist, racist, sexist, and a really fucking horrible person. And the idea that we need him on the internet because he does honest reviews is just baffling. And I think, honestly, the fact that he's been so problematic for so long, but he's kind of a household name for a lot of people that no one can wrap their head around someone that problematic maintaining relevancy for this fucking long. So I think a lot of people don't look into it. And so they think like, well, if I've always known his name, if he was like so awful and so problematic, there's no way he would have a career. But like, no, he does. And anytime that like when I looked into all of this shit, like I had no, I mean, I knew this stuff now, but like a couple years ago, I had no fucking idea until someone told me. And now I'm like, wow, you, not that you have to dig that far, but like you do kind of have to dig because he has a lot of fucking diehard fans who his comments are flooded with people who are like, oh, he's amazing. He's great. He's blah, blah, like, and he's not. And don't let TikTok fool you that like honest reviewing of a mascara is so important. And the only person who can do this is a racist. I really still don't know who he is. I don't know what he looks like. All I've known is Jeffree Star offensive and I never like looked into it because it was never anything I cared about anyway. Sorry to this man. I it could be walking down the street and I wouldn't know a thing, but I just I don't know why he's it, it seemed like he disappeared for a while and now he's coming yep. back. But there's enough honest people that aren't problematic to listen to reviews about. Uh, I, yeah, I, I I just encourage anyone who like was ever like a fan to to do your due diligence that like I now no longer like there are a few people in my life who if they co-sign someone, I don't feel like the responsibility to do to check in on them to see if I align. But for content creators, I'm always going to fucking check to be like, OK, who are you associating with? What are you doing with all like this, this and this and this? And if I had done that. When I met Shane. <laughs> I've spoken to him. I've met him like I think once in my life. We've so, spoken twice, but I wouldn't have had interactions with him. Like I wouldn't, I don't like that I did that and I'm not going to do that again. And shame and guilt for that is not productive, but recognizing that like, ooh, oops, <laughs> not doing that again. Yeah. So don't make that mistake, especially in the time where like this shit is, this information is fucking available. All right. Well, my Rachel of the Week is Siena, Siena College, the Palm Beach School of Nursing, and Sacred Heart International Institute. So these are Florida nursing schools, and they were caught selling 7,600 fake diplomas. This allows students to bypass licensing training. <gasps> Federal, like these people are actively oh working in nursing Wait, right now. Like San Quentin, Why? that's where I live. Federal prosecutors have arrested and charged 25 people with wire fraud. Students were able to use fake diplomas to take the National Nursing Licensing Exam. They have jobs as registered registered nurses, practical nurses, vocational nurses. They work in assisted living facilities and veteran affairs hospitals throughout the country. 
Recruiters and school officials coordinated to hand out the diplomas from 2016 through 2021, which means Holy sh- they were working through the pandemic. The buyers of the diplomas received official papers saying they attended the nursing programs at the Florida accredited schools and completed all the clinical and coursework when they didn't. The buyers were able to use documents to take the official license exam and work in facilities in in Ohio, New York, New Jersey, Massachusetts, Georgia, Maryland, and Tennessee. And that's only the ones that they've found out about so far. And uh, the American Nursing Association president said that the coordinated conspiracy is disturbing and deeply unsettling. Nursing is without a doubt a highly specialized and ethical profession requiring rigorous and lifelong education and training to acquire unmatched clinical expertise. You don't achieve this overnight. There's no shortcut in nursing. Our patients and clients depend on us. It is both a demanding and rewarding profession, blah, blah, blah. She, you know, nursing, great. Yeah, a lot of people have been arrested that have been caught so far. They just unsealed it to make it public. So they've been working to figure things out for a while. I didn't even hear about this. And it's just unsettling. So my question is, so I don't like the term fraud. I just... I feel like it's weak, like it's weak, and I think wire fraud is especially weak. Like I just don't think it sounds like it. It doesn't sound that serious. It doesn't sound like it holds a lot of like gravity to it. So I looked it up, and it's like why it's a federal crime that occurs when electronic communication, such as email, text message, is used to further a criminal act. But specifically, there a fraud is defined by wrongful or criminal deception intended to result in financial or personal gain. So like, what did they get out of it? They were getting paid off by by the people that were by. Paying for the, the te- like the, they're paying for those diplomas. They're diplomas. Yeah. So pay for nursing school. Why? Yeah. Pay for the diploma. Easy. How much do you think they got? I don't know. I don't know. Wow. Students pay a total of $114 million for the fake degrees. Yeah. Did you say how many students it was? I say about 2,400 of the 7,600 students eventually pass their licensing. So 7,600 total. And 2,400 actually pass the test. But, I mean, there's people that are walking around saying that they have nursing degrees. You know, like how you can pass the bar exam, but not, I mean, you can have a law degree, but not actually pass the bar. So then 15,000, that's 15,000 per? Per person. I feel like that's a ripoff. I mean, it is, it's fraud. But they didn't have to go through any schooling. Well, so what I was going to say is like, it's not a huge financial or time incentive. It's maybe a, I could not get through that. I couldn't graduate or pass this without it. Yeah. Which is even more alarming mm-hmm. because it's not out of laziness. It's out of necessity. Yeah. I was shocked that there's really people walking around saying that they're nurses. Beyond the admin who are going to go to jail for this, they're going to pr- pursue the nurses who. Oh, yeah. Like. Yeah. Any anybody died under their care, even if it was just like they were going to eventually, you know, die. Anything that happened under their I care. I think die. Just like any slight malpractice. Yeah. Like you didn't get my vein when you were right. getting it. Well, anything, anything high likelihood that they're going to publish all of the names. Yeah. Because yeah. you 
would have to yes. to make sure that this is ensured that they're not going to go overseas to try and, uh-huh. you know. Each defendant faces up to 20 years in prison. That's not enough. That's not enough. That's why my whole thing with like fraud and like wire fraud. Anytime I hear wire fraud, I go, okay, cool. White collar, like white collar crimes are going to prison for like three years and they're going to eat like sushi. This is in an article from justice.gov. Healthcare fraud is nothing new in South Florida. As many scammers see this as a way to earn easy, though illegal money said acting special agent in charge Chad Yarborough. What is disturbing about this investigation is that there are over 7,600 people around the country with fraudulent nursing credentials who are potentially, yeah, we all know that, but so the South fact Florida that it's nothing. America? Yeah, South Florida is where. You want to commit a scam? Maybe we should go there for inspiration. Uh, it's healthcare, to... healthcare specifically. Is it because old people? Oh, that's probably that's a probably... lot of elderly Okay. We hope you enjoyed this episode of But Am I Wrong? Starring two people who have never been wrong ever before. And you probably listened to this whole episode and you're like, you know what? I can attest to that. Not wrong. But if you do think we're wrong, go vote on the stories where we pose the question. Who was wrong? Yeah. Leave us a review. Please do. We love the reviews. They I've make us so happy. In a unique place. <laughs> Shout out to Kirk. He sent me a message on LinkedIn. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Is this Kirk from Gilmore Girls? Kirk said, Hi, Melissa. Just discovered the podcast. Addictive. Have a happy new year and keep up the good work. And then a few days later, now my wife is hooked. You two are super engaging. Thanks, Kirk. Where does Kirk work? Can we get a sponsorship? (laughs) Hey, Kirk. What's going on here? Should we form a connection? write in for upcoming episodes um and as always we love when you tag us on things on you can send us a message a dm on instagram our joint one for the podcast account or our personals also follow the podcast you can tag us on our personals on tiktok as well if you want us to talk about something or if you have any suggestions we're always happy to hear them video version on patreon or if you just want to support the show and yeah i think that's it that's it we'll circle, circle back. back goodbye bye but Am I Wrong is a production by me, Megan Rinks. And me, Melissa DeMonts, plus Diamond Imprint Productions. Post-production by Coco Lorenz. And production assistance by Melanie D. Watson.